are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only with it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me over at Detroit Bad Boys writing articles about the Pistons. You can find me on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. And like I tell you at the beginning of every episode, I was a credential media member for the 2019-2020 season. That kind of makes me a big deal. We're recording this right after the Pistons lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 119-100. Throughout this episode, we're going to do the mailbag like we do every Wednesday. Going to do the mailbag Wednesday throughout the entirety of this episode. But before we get to that, we can just hit on a little bit what happened in this game. Shouldn't take up very long. We can get quickly into the mailbag. Uh, So, yeah, like I said, the Pistons lost 119-100 tonight. It was like the perfect loss There was never a moment in this game when you thought the Pistons could possibly win, which is a good thing right now. Great thing. There was never a point in this game when you had to sweat and be like, oh my God, the Pistons are going to come back and win this game. Oh my God, the Pistons are going to win a game they don't need to win. Never once in this game did you have to worry about that. You want to know why? Pistons had 28 turnovers this game. 28. Josh Jackson had seven at halftime. Nine in the whole game. You know, got you guys know how like a few days ago, a few podcasts ago, I mentioned how Dylan Brooks was like a secret operative for the Pistons and was throwing games for the Grizzlies. Well, Josh Jackson was like the secret op- operative for the Pistons tonight, except that it wasn't so secretive. He came, he knew what the mission was from the get go. He came out here and he handled that mission. When I tell you, he executed that mission to the utmost. It, it, he did a perfect job tonight. He should be player of the game. He knew what the greater good was tonight. And the rest of the team helped. I mean, Sadiq had four turnovers. Sekou had three. Killian had three. Jila Okafor had three. Saban had three. Isaiah Stewart had two. So everyone was just turning the ball away. It was, it was a perfect loss. You never had to worry at any moment whether the Pistons were going to win. A bright spot in this game, though. Saban Lee had 22 points and 7-9 shoot. I believe that's his career high. Unless I'm missing some other game in this season when he, when he scored 20-plus. I don't think he's even scored 20-plus before this year. But yeah, I think that's his career high. He had 22 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds. 7-9 shooting, 8-8 from the flo- uh, from the free throw line, 2 steals, and a block. Now, mind you, the Pistons, I just saw this. The Pistons lost 19 points tonight, by t- 19 points tonight. Saban Lee was a plus 1. <laughs> that's actually kind of impressive. A 19-point loss, Saban Lee played that well, and he was a plus 1 in his, how many minutes, in his 29 minutes? So in his 29 minutes on the floor, the Pistons actually outscored the Timberwolves by one, which is kind of impressive. I had no clue. I just now saw that. That's actually crazy to think about in a 19-point loss, and he played that many minutes. That's actually absurd. But I don't really think there's much to take away else from this game. The Pistons lost, did what they needed to do. Saban played a great game. I mean, you saw those flashes from the other young guys as well. Sekou played a really nice game, I think. Uh, Started out the game, I believe, with eight in the first quarter. Slowed down a little bit after that. But he got to the free throw line. He shot eight free throws, so he had a good game. Sadiq had 21 points, had had another game of five plus threes, so he played a good game. Killian showed a couple 
couple of flashes tonight. And also, I'm going to do a film breakdown one of the plays Killian did tonight because it was it, it definitely goes to the point of whether he has explosiveness or not or if he's going to be aggressive or not, that whole thing that we've talked about the first two episodes of this week. But that play, there's, there's going to be a play I break down and, and specifically that shows why I'm a believer that, or not even someone to a believer, but just willing to wait because I, I've seen enough of these flashes to make me think that he has another gear or another level in his athleticism that he can unlock with the NBA offseason. So stay tuned for that on my Twitter, at Cookie Hill NBA for that breakdown tomorrow. But uh, yeah, I think that's really it from this game. There's nothing else to really talk about. They got the loss. There's only two games left in their season. They're 20 and 50 now. So two more games in their 72-game season. And then no more Piston basketball. That's actually crazy to think about. The Pistons season has went by really fast. I don't know about you guys, but it feels like it's went by really fast. Uh, I know a lot of us midway through the season was probably like, let's get the season over with. It's not very fun to watch. We're losing a lot. But I think I think once you get to the end of the season, I think everyone's always like, damn. Now we're going to have to go another multiple month layoff without watching Piston basketball, which always sucks, to be honest. Like, even over the past decade when they haven't been that good, it sucks not having Piston basketball to, like, look forward to in the week. Uh, it, 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 so it, we got two more games. Make sure you guys watch these final two games because you guys won't get there, get Piston basketball for a long time after that. So make sure you guys watch these final games. But outside of that, I really don't think there's anything else to really talk about. Actually, yes, there is one more thing I want to talk about before we get into mailbag. Uh, so the mailbag would take up the final two segments of the podcast, but this is something I had to talk about. Someone mentioned, I saw it mentioned on Pistons Twitter. I believe one of the Pistons sites wrote about it. Um, I, I just want to shoot down this notion instantly. So I saw someone say that Isaiah Stewart could be better as a four full-time than a five. I wanted to shoot that down instantly. There's, I think I've kind of talked about this a little bit before, but it, it came back up. I just want to shoot that down. Isaiah Stewart is not better as a four. And let me just give you multiple reasons why. One, he's simply not, he's not fast enough, not quick enough with his feet. Like, he's quick enough for his feet at the center position to, like, be like, okay, that's pretty nice in the pick and roll and stuff. For a center, yes. But if you're asking him to guard fours throughout, like, if you're asking him to guard fours for a whole NBA game, like, throughout a season, that's just not going to go very well. It's going to go poorly. Uh, That's first. Second, while he did show us flashes, this past game, first time he showed his flashes, by the way. Well, he did show his flashes that he could possibly put the ball on the deck and attack closeouts. It, it, it was exactly that, flashes. So let's not, like, get out of pocket with it. Let's not see, like, the little flashes in one game of a 70-game season so far and start making proclamations like that. So that's two. Three, now, while I've mentioned that I want to see him shoot more threes because he's shown that he's capable of hitting them every now and then, um, this th- key perspective, he's shooting 33% on the season on .9 attempts. Last podcast, when we were talking about his shooting, he was at 19% over the last, like, seven games when he started shooting, like, more than three a game. So, like, I understand he's showing flashes, and we want to be excited about, about Isaiah Stewart. Once again, I like Isaiah Stewart. He's been really good this year. He's shown tremendous pr- progress since the beginning of the year. So I don't know where where he'll end up. But let, let, let's not get out of pocket with it. Let's let's calm down just a little bit and not, like, start saying things like that because I, I really think that thinking that he can be a full-time four is, is quite ridiculous. Every now and then, if you want to, like, run a two-big-man lineup, I guess he can work. Uh, but I, the, the idea behind it being a full-time four is just ridiculous, in my opinion. I don't see how that works at all. Now, I know I've seen a couple people throw out, like, oh, well, if you have Evan Mobley, he can play the four – and then, and then on the other end, he'll just guard uh, Isaiah Stewart just guard the fives instead of the fours. But on offense, he'll play fours. I, I just, I, I don't think that's really how it works. 
I'm pretty sure that you just basically call Isaiah Stewart the five. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I think it's dumb. I think we should shoot it down. I don't think we should be venturing into that yet until Isaiah Stewart gives us like more to go off of. Because like I said, a lot of this right now is just flashes. So let's not like get out of pocket with it. But like I said, coming up, we're going to spend the rest of the episode asking, answering, I should say, all of your guys' questions for the mailbag. But before we get there, let me tell you who brought me the most joy, happiness, and enjoyment this week and is my Ultra Player of the Week. Now, this one is actually another tough week. I could go with Sekou Dumboya because he is the player who brings me the most enjoyment every time I watch the Pistons. Like, the entire first quarter tonight, I was smiling because he was playing extremely well. But I think I'm going to give this Ultra Player of the Week to Killian Hayes, and this is why. Killian dropped his career high of 21 points a few nights ago, and it was just really fun to watch. I think that game in, in specifically is enough to give him Ultra Player of the Week. That game was just very needed, and the fact that it came literally hours after the whole drama and debate that came of, is he aggressive enough? He can't be aggressive. He doesn't have the X Factor, et cetera, et cetera, that we hit on on the last podcast with Dallas and Detroit. The fact that it came hours after that, I think just the storyline that led into it, and then the fact he went on to drop 21 points, looking as confident as aggressive as he ever has was just amazing to watch you could tell that he was having fun and you know joy creates success so that's that's the main thing that was out there he was having fun and he was playing really well with it which is what you want to see so like I tell you guys all the time my job is to analyze the game and be objective and everything but let's be honest enjoyment isn't the end game it's the whole game so if I'm not having fun watching my analysis is going to be a little bit off as well like you want to have fun and at the end of the day like I said you just want to enjoy yourself and that's why Killian Hayes is going to win my Michelob Ultra Player of the Week because of his 21-point career-high game. And like I said, for the rest of the episode, we're going to be answering all your guys' questions for the mailbag today. If you guys missed out on this week's mailbag and want to be a part of next week's mailbag, make sure you guys send me a tweet, ask your question, and let me know that it's for the mailbag. Or if you guys don't have Twitter, make sure you go down below, give me a five-star rating, and in the review, type in your question. I'll be sure to answer it on next week's episode. So let's go ahead and get into it. The first question, now, this first question, I read it when I tweeted out the 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 question earlier when I got this response I already knew that out my brain was gonna hurt during when I started recording this podcast and I tried thinking about it throughout the day so I could have like an answer ready but I still don't have a right answer so I'll read it to you guys it's from Andro he says trade cut max our first round rookies this year like this one like my brain is hurting so bad I've been thinking about this all day to figure out how I'm gonna answer this because like it's not like keep keep cut like, I have, I'm only keeping one, I have to trade the other, and then I have to just completely get rid of the other one, too. So, it's like, so a trade, I think I would have to trade, oh, God, dude, see, this is, this is so hard, my, my head hurts thinking about this. So, like, let me take you guys through my logic here. My logic is, I, if I'm going to trade one, I'm going to trade the one with the most value. So, that, I think that would be Sadiq, so I can get the most value in return. So, I, I think I would trade Sadiq. Simply for that reason, cause I don't I, like if I trade Killian right now, I don't think he's going to have the most value, like because he's not he hasn't had as great of a rookie year. But Sadiq's been out of been amazing, so I think you could actually get something for Sadiq. So I'll trade Sadiq. I have to. I have no choice because he has the most value. If I'm going to trade somebody, I have to get value for him. And so I, Sadiq would be traded. Cut. Oh my God, this is hard, because like obviously Isaiah Stewart's been better this year. But I still think that Killian, like, I, I think that a lot of people would agree that Killian Hayes has the most potential out of all of them, and we've seen flash of that potential. And, like, if you were to cut Killian after, like, 23 games, 24 games now, and then 
he goes on and has like that all-star career that people think he can have that we've seen the potential of, I think we would be pretty pissed. So, oh, God, but Stu's been really good. Uh, this is hard, dude. Because then also I have to max Killian. And I think Killian also has the highest chance to bust out of all of them. I don't think he's going to bust, but I think he has the highest chance. So then if I max Killian and then he busts, now I look like an idiot because I traded the good one and then I cut the one who had a high floor, higher floor and, and Stu. And then I maxed the one that turned out to be a bust. This is hard, dude. My, <laughs> my head is hurting so bad. Um... I think okay. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with this. I'm going to cut Isaiah Stewart and Max Killian Hayes. And okay, and before you guys go crazy on me, because I know you guys are going to spaz on me. Before you guys freak out, let me just say, my reasoning behind this is that I think Killian Hayes has the highest potential out of everybody. So if I have to keep one of them, I'm going to pick the one with the most potential for a small market team. Isaiah Stewart, I I, I really like Isaiah Stewart. I like all three of them, but Isaiah Stewart, I don't think has anywhere near the the ceiling that Killian has. And I think I think Isaiah Stewart's going to be really good. Just, just not. I, I don't think he has the the ceiling that <laughs> that Killian has. So if I'm going to max someone out, at least one of them has a chance to get close to that max value. I don't think Isaiah Stewart has that chance. I think Killian could be an all star. So I don't I don't know. That, that's that's why I did that. Don't kill me. I, this was a tough question. I I just think I just spent like three minutes answering that question. That's how hard it was on me. I hate you, Andre, for that. Uh, next one we're going to go with. Dawes with the sauce. He says, who do you think is guaranteed to not be a piston after this season and why? Um, I think, well, I don't know if this is a fair question because I'm, I'm assuming that you're not wanting me to say something like Dennis Smith Jr. or like Tyler Cook or like I'm assuming you're not expecting me to answer with one of those guys who like have their contract expired or could be waived like Corey Joseph and be waived for $11 million in cap space. So I'm assuming you don't, you're not talking about one of those guys. Uh, if you're talking about one of the core, closer to core guys, um, I think the closest one I would bet on not being a piston next year would be, I think at this point, Josh Jackson. I think Josh Jackson, if I had to pick one of the guys that you're talking about in, within the core that, that would have the highest chance of not being a piston, it's Josh Jackson. And the only reason why I say that is because I think they really like Frank and they're going to bring back Frank. I don't think they're going to trade any of the three rookies this year. I don't see Jeremy getting traded. Mason Plumley could be an option, but I don't think Mason Plumley would get traded in the offseason. I don't think he'd get traded at the trade deadline, if anything. So I think he comes back, and then that only leaves Josh. So I think Josh, just like by process of elimination, is the most likely one to be cut. Or not cut, not cut. I, I don't think he's going to get cut, but like to answer your question, if, if I had to pick one that wouldn't return, I think I would have to pick Josh. So, I, And I like you guys know I like Josh. I'm not saying he's going to leave, but if I had to pick without picking one of the guys who have expiring contract, et cetera, to cheat your answer, I think I would have to pick Josh out of all the people possible. Um, all right, so next question is from JT Olson. He says, what do you project Saban Lee's ceiling to be? Uh, I think this one might be – I know Saban Lee has like a – I don't think he has like this big fan base, like this big stand fan base, I should say. But I know he has a tiny cult following that really like loves him. I've, interact, I've seen them interact with me multiple times before. So I know he has a little bit of a stand base. So I know this is going to like upset a lot of them, maybe cause controversy. But I'm going to say I think his ceiling is a high end backup point guard. Like that's his ceiling. Like I think that I think if he made it there, I think Pistons would be happy. I don't think he's ever going to be good enough to be a starter. And I, I just think that his career outlook, which he would be happy with, I think being a second round pick, is just a maybe a high end backup. Now we're talking about ceiling. That's not what I'm predicting. I don't know if he's going to get there. But if you're asking me what the very best he can be, 
I think it's going to be a high-end backup who maybe starts at, like some games when guys are out. Kind of like Ishmith. I know people are using Ishmith a lot because he can't shoot, but is extremely athletic. Uh, I know people like to use that, but I'm not going to call him Ishmith. I, I don't like doing that because I feel like, I mean, that may very well be a good comparison, but I always feel like when a comparison is that easy with just like, oh, what's a player that can, can't shoot and is fast and athletic? I, I feel like that's a lazy thing. But more, if, if I looked into it more, that may very well be like the best comparison. I just don't know. I just don't like doing it off off top without doing like a little bit more research. But that would be my answer. Next one is from Chubbs GB. He says, "What's up, Koo? What's up, man?" He says, "This may be ha- or this may have been asked already, but if not, you think the plan of Kalian playing a little bit more off ball is due to the fact that they think that they have a chance at drafting Cade and to also work on his spot up shooting." Okay, so like I've told you guys before, I haven't done much draft at all, but I know a little bit from like listening to people that I know study it a lot. Like I've been in locker rooms, I've listened to the conversations that go on about this. Uh, I don't really get why people assume that Cage is going to be like the starting point guard if they did get him. Like from what I understand, he's not less like a point guard. He can play one, two, or three, and it's not like a necessity. And some people I've seen say that point guard isn't even his number one position. So I don't really get why everyone just assumes that like if Cade gets here, oh, there goes killing that point guard. Uh, I think the reason why they're playing him off ball is, one, he has to develop that part of his game anyways. Uh, two, Dwayne Casey is absolutely in love with two-point guard lineups. Like It's a running joke that if he can run a two-point guard lineup, he's absolutely going to because he just can't help himself. And third, it does have a little bit to do with what you're saying. Like The Pistons is likely are going to get a guard next to him. And even if, even if it's not a point guard... Killian Hayes, when this team decides, like, when it starts being good, you don't want just one player monopolizing, come on, Koo, monopolizing the ball, just one player doing that. So he's going to have to learn how to play off ball at some point in his career anyway. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Uh, If you want me to be honest, I think think the main reason we're seeing it right now is because Dwayne Casey just loves two point guard lineups, if you want me to be completely honest. Now, Killian has came out and said that he likes it. He's had fun playing it with Saban Lee, so maybe – Killian just likes it, and he's even suggest like maybe he's even said something about it. I don't know, but if you had to make me like guess why they're doing it right now, I I would say it's because Dwayne Casey just loves two point guard lineups. Like they would have eventually had to like help Killian learn how to play off ball more. But if you're asking me why it's happening right now, Dwayne Casey. Uh, we'll answer one more before we tell you about a few more of our sponsors. We'll go with actually let me skip let me skip through and find one that's a quick easy one I think. Um, okay, let's answer this one from Blake. He says, do you see a future Pistons rotation sometimes featuring Saban as point guard with Killian at off guard? Um, no, I do not. I think this is something we'll only see at the end of this season. Uh, maybe we see it in like tiny spurts in the in the future. Like if Saban's the backup point guard, he comes in and like whoever the Pistons draft, like maybe they get like Green or someone who plays like the two and they take him out first and then Killian and Saban play a little bit. Like maybe with that. But I don't think it's going to be anywhere near like what you're saying right now with how many minutes they're playing together. I think once the Pistons get out the drafts, hopefully, as long as they don't drop 10 spots, which, please God. But <laughs> I think they're likely going to come away with a guard. And at that case, I think we're going to see Killian and that guard together a lot and then Saban as their backup. I don't know if we're going to see it anywhere near as much as we're seeing it right now. But coming up, we'll answer the rest of your guys' questions for the mailbag. But before we get there, let me tell you about a few of our sponsors. First up, your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. Best tasting protein bar, the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors, and caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I'd suggest is the peanut butter flavor. I tell you guys all the time 
that peanut butter is like one of the, my favorite flavors. If it's on any bar, that's going to be my favorite one. So this one is packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So go try a Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan. And if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's when I found Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are all still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, Bet Online has you covered there too. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. BetOnline has real-time updated odds on props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So let's go ahead and get right back into the mailbag, answer a few more of you guys' questions before we end the podcast. Next question is going to be from Cade Lambeer. That's actually pretty funny. He says, what would a coup rebranding of the Pistons look like? Would you go back to the key, the teal and the horse or something completely new? Okay. I absolutely love this question. I mentioned it a few podcasts ago that I absolutely hate the Pistons branding. I hate their gear. I mentioned it on Twitter. I mentioned it all the time. Like I said, I think I said this one on the podcast, but a few like months ago I did a video with a Chicago Bulls hat on. Someone was like, take that Bulls hat off. And listen, I said to him then, I'm going to say it now. The Pistons gear sucks. The Bulls gear is amazing. I'm sorry. I don't care about this little rivalry that happened before I was born. The Pistons gear just flat out sucks, and the Bulls gear is amazing to have. Like, you can't sit here and tell me you look at Bulls gear and tell me, oh, the Pistons gear looks better than this. Like, come on, bro. Just, just keep it a stack with me. That's not going to be the case. But if I had to rebrand the Pistons, what would it look like? What would I do with the Pistons? First of all, we're getting rid of this hideous logo. This logo's awful. It's just a basketball. Like, come on. That has to be, like, one of the most non-creative things I've ever heard of in my life. Literally just draw a basketball and put Detroit on it. Like, that that literally might be one of the most non-creative things I've ever heard of in my life. What would I do with it? Well, one of you guys actually messaged me. I hope you guys, the person who messaged me this is listening. He tweeted me, he messaged me, like, a logo that, like, in the middle it said Detroit Pistons. It had a little bit of red in it, a little bit of white. And it was, like, a a piston, like, a legit piston, like, uh, like on the top of it and on the bottom of it in between they had the letters so it actually was a piston it was actually a cool little logo i actually would like that that logo was pretty cool another logo i would do i'd incorporate the the skyline of detroit somewhere i don't know if you guys have ever seen my tattoo but i have a tattoo on my shoulder basically it's a cross with a basketball in the middle of the cross and like along the lines where like a normal line would be on the basketball like you know how the like there's lines on a basketball Along one of the lines, instead of it just being a normal line, I have the skyline of Detroit because the skyline of Detroit is freaking dope. So I think that would be cool if they, like, incorporate the skyline somewhere. That would be cool. Or literally just anything besides a basketball with just letters Detroit on it. Like, come on. You have to have some kind of more – some kind of creativeness with your logo. Like, I think the Pistons might have the worst logo in the league. I'm not joking by that. that, that it's just awful. Second, we're getting away with all the gray. We're getting away with all the dark blue that's almost purple. We're, we're getting rid of all those jerseys. Those jerseys gone. We're pe- peace out. We're kicking those out the door. We're throwing them in the fire. That's that, that. We're getting rid of those. The red jerseys from last year, I'm, I know a lot of you guys don't like them, and I understand they were like a ripoff of like basically the Denver Nuggets. Like, wait, no, was that the one? Was the red ones the ones that was a ripoff of the Denver Nuggets? We're getting rid of those ones too. Whichever ones was the ripoff of the Denver Nuggets where they had like, you know how the Denver Nuggets a few years ago had Denver 
written over top of like kind of like in a shape of a basketball and then all of a sudden the pistons come out like oh yeah look at our creative design we're gonna put detroit this time instead of denver we came up with that ourselves yeah okay uh we're gonna get rid of those as well but like the red ones last year i actually find pretty dope uh they're not great but listen this is all i need from the pistons to be honest just incorporate some damn red the red should be like the main color of the Pistons. It just it just should be. Like the Red Wings jerseys are so dope. The Red Wings jerseys are amazing. You wanna know why? Because they incorporate the damn red. It's just amazing. The the Lions, the Lions jerseys are dope. They but they incorporate blue. Like the blue for the like the logo of their the lion, it's blue. It actually goes along with it. Where the hell do you see dark blue purple with the piston or or, or the basketball? Like, come on, bro. Like or gray. What are we doing with the gray? What's happening? Like I like gray. I like the color gray. Now, would I actually wear that like a jersey, like kind of like that with the gray? Yes, because I like gray. The gray is one of my colors. I'm actually wearing a gray T-shirt right now. I like gray, but for a piston jersey, like come on, man. So we get rid of the logo. We're getting rid of basically every jersey that's been created besides the white one. And honestly, I'd bring back the old alternate red ones back when Chauncey played. Those are one of my favorite jerseys. I actually like those. So we're gonna get rid of the logo. We're gonna change the main color to red. We're getting rid of the gray and the dark blue that's damn near purple. And we're going we're gonna to listen. And you know what? I would listen to the fan base as well. The fan base has put out... There's been so many of you guys who are so creative with jerseys and, like, branding and, like, color schemes, etc. You guys have put out... There, I've seen so much from you guys. It's so much better than what the Pistons have done over the last 10 years. Like, I legit... If I was the Pistons branding team, I would legit just put out a tweet and be like, Hey, throw us some of your guys' best create uh, creations. And we're just going to pick one of you guys. And we'll pay you, like, a, a couple thousand dollars to take it or something. Or, or like something like, like I will legit do that because obviously the Pistons are off base with everything. Like please give it. And honestly, this is how I end this. I've ranted ranted for a little bit with this question, but I really p- feel passionately about this one. It, honestly, you can keep the jerseys if you don't know how to do jerseys. Keep the jerseys if you don't know how to like change. Like I, I, oh by the way, the arena dope. The arena is a dope. I, I I love it. I love low season arena. Don't have to touch anything with that. But you can keep the jerseys. You could even keep the damn colors. But the logo, please, my God, please change the the logo is literally the worst logo. I, like I'm looking at it right now one of the posters I have in my room. The logo, like look at this logo, it's just a basketball with Detroit on it. It's literally just a basketball. And then the blue, the blue that's on the pit, the, the basketball. I don't even think the blue is the is the color that the Pistons have with that alternate uniform. I'm pretty sure the blue they actually have on it is dark as hell. This one right here is actually light. If they use this blue, I actually probably like it. They don't even use this color. Please, just, oh God, the, the Piston gear sucks. I will say, though, before I move on, that the 313 store I actually saw today with this whole Martin, uh, the TV show Martin, little throwback mix that they're doing, that's dope. This is That's by far the most dope thing they've done, and I might actually spend a lot of money on getting those. But, yeah, that would I, that's what I would do, rebranding the Pistons. They need a major rebrand. How long did I just go on about that? Six minutes? Oh, my God. <laughs> but that's let you that's to let you guys know how I feel about that. Uh, all right, next question is from Stilo. Say, he says, Seiku has shown a lot of growth over this last stretch of games. With him still being super young, do you see him spending more time in the G League next season? Um, I do see him spending some time with the G League. I think him spending time in the G League would be fine. It would be cool for him to get more playing time if he's not getting playing time this next year. Because we see at the beginning of the year, when Casey was just even hesitant then to give him minutes. So he could just be hesitant to give him minutes next year, even if he's gotten better. And even if that is the case, like, I don't see the harm in Seiku, who's like, is he gonna be even going to be 21 at the beginning of the season? I think he'll turn 21 two months into the season. So he'll still be 20. I don't see the harm in him getting run in the G League if he's, like, like it's an off day or something. You send him down to the G League, let him get more minutes or playing time or let him play with the ball in his hands more, give him, like, those reps. I don't see the problem with that. 
I think you'd hope that he's in the rotation next year. Like, if he's not in the rotation next year, it's probably a bad thing. Uh, or not even a bad thing for his career, maybe, but a bad thing for his future in Detroit. But even even if he is in the rotation, I don't see the problem with throwing him down the G League now every now and then when the Pistons have, like, a long stretch of off days or something. I think it would be good for him. Uh, so next question is from Derek Brooks. He says, let's have – let's – What's the word? Hypothesize, I think the word is. I can't believe I just struggled reading that. I That, like, threw me for a loop just now. The Pistons land the number one pick. Is there anything in your opinion that Evan Moby can do from today all the way up to the draft that can elevate him over Cade for the number one pick, barring injury to Cade? Like I tell you guys all the time, I'm not great with draft stuff yet. I've never, like, really watched draft stuff. Uh, I haven't really started doing that draft coverage yet since this year. I'm going to have to now being the host of this. But from everything I heard, Cade is, like, the far and ahead away, the best prospect in this draft. Like, he is supposed to be, like, the, the – you know how they used to do, like, suck for luck back with the Colts? Like, this is basically, like, the fade for Cade is, like, trending everywhere. Like, everybody I listen to say Cade's above everybody, and then there's another tier. So, unless, like, something completely changes with that, I don't see how everyone can be calling, saying stuff about, about him that way and him not be, like, immediately the first-round pick as soon as the draft goes up. So, no, I'm going to say no before I do any kind of research and just based off everything I hear – that, no, there's no way that he's not the number one pick. Um, next next question is from Sham. This is a troll question. I, I saw it when he tweeted me it. This, this is a troll question. I almost don't want to answer it. Uh, I believe I actually tr- told him that I was going to ban him from these if he trolled me again. He says, let's say you are playing point guard against the Pistons. You get switched on to Beef Stew and he has the ball to three-point line. Do you A, close out, B, let him shoot, C, fake the close out, let him drive and take the charge, Second question, how much money would it take for you to do option C? All right, well, Sham, I think option C and option B is basically the same thing. Because if I'm faking the closer, I'm basically letting him shoot. So, I'm like, B and C are basically the same thing, except you're adding the whole little take the charge part. So, if I had to choose one, I'm letting him shoot. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't, like, if, actually, yeah, yeah, I'm probably letting him shoot. Because I, I wouldn't want him to, like, try to bump into me, which would also answer your, set, your question for C. That, no, I would not take a charge for him. It would, I, like, you would have to offer me a million dollars to take a charge. I am 5'9", about one, 185. I'm 5'9", 185. I'm not taking a charge from Isaiah Stewart unless I'm getting mega money that pays for my medical bills and everything in between and then enough money afterwards to also buy myself a house, a car, and then maybe take like a few months off of work, you feel me? Uh, so at least a million dollars to do option C. But I'm going to let him shoot, basically. I'm, I'm not going to do what the little other options you said. I'm just going to let him shoot. I really don't want to have to try to get physical with, with Isaiah Stewart. It's just not going to happen. Uh, next question we got from Laz Jackson. What's up, Laz? He says, Davidis' three-point percentage with the Cruz next year on how many attempts per game? I'll make this a quick one. I'll go ahead and say 40% six attempts a game. Yep, hold me to it. 40% six attempts a game. Uh, next question. Is from Nick Willis. He says, should, Sa- should Saban Lee totally rebuild his shooting stroke or just get more consistent with the form he already uses? Uh, I think he should probably change his form a little bit. I'm not saying, like, completely destroy it and, and like, make something completely new. I'm sure there's a lot of things you probably tweak with it. Um, so I-, I would say tweak it a little bit, but then also get a lot of reps with it. Uh, so basically, I don't know if that really answers your question. I don't think he has to, like, completely destroy it. I would say tweak it. So I'm not I'm not saying destroy or just keep it. I'll say tweak it a little bit, change a little a couple things about it. And then I believe this is the last question from Pavel, who's been a loyal listener. He says, "What are you going to talk about in a week as the Pistons are eliminated?" Uh, that's actually a great question. Uh, you, you know, I, I'm actually worried about that a little bit myself. What am I going to talk about when there's no more Piston games going? <laughs> I'm definitely worried about that myself. Also in the off season, but 
this is the thing. One, Pistons Twitter always seems to come up with something they're arguing about or bringing up, and it usually sparks a whole podcast for me, so I'm going to trust that Pistons Twitter stays active, and hopefully they continue to give me ideas. Two, I'll try to, like, I think I, I have a few ideas, like splitting up player grades into episodes, evaluating each player for an episode. Uh, also, like, I can go back and talk about some of the best performers throughout the year, kind of stuff like that. We're going to have to talk about draft coverage as well. Also, I'm going to try to have a lot of reoccurring guests talking about the draft each day, hopefully. And then, yeah, basically that. Talk about some free agents that the Pistons may get, maybe. Or, like, talk about some rumors that happen. I don't know. I'm, I'm honestly... <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see what I come up with. I have a few ideas, but it'll be interesting. So we'll see what happens once the season ends, what I come up with to talk about. But thank you guys for listening. That's all the questions we have. If you missed on today's, like I said, you guys can tweet me for next week's at Hill NBA, or you guys can go down below, give me a five-star rating, and in the review, cite your question or ask me anything or ask me something to talk about for a podcast. I'll make sure to get to it for the next week's episode of The Mailbag. And until my next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Enjoy your day. Peace out, everybody.